or no bueno. <laughs> it's the opposite. There's plenty of bueno. <laughs> no bueno. That's the whole bloody problem, Tom. There's too much bueno. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the FPLY Dummies. And of course, why didn't you bring Jefferson Lerner on your free hit? It was the obvious choice. Tom My name's Tom. <laughs> and I'm Cam. I'm not Thomas Suchek. If only I was <laughs> Thomas Suchek and his big old potato loving head. Um, yes, um, welcome back. Um, if you are freeing, commiserations, because I feel like the majority of you have shit the bed. Um, I didn't think we shit the bed. I think the players that we picked shit the bed. That's true. Slash their managers. Um, Yeah, as you can tell, I'm in great spirits because I did not free hit, and my podcasting partner in crime over here did free hit, and uh, it's not going too well, is it, mate? Yeah, I mean, I'm 14 points down (laughs) (laughs) on my original team, and some of them haven't even played yet. So, yeah, it's not been the best. Um, But having said that, even though... I've played my free hit and it's not been as good. I didn't bring in some players that I thought about bringing in on my free hit and that really hurts. So, yeah, I've lost 50k places and I've free hit on a bumper double game. Six teams are playing twice this week and I've managed to get a 50k red arrow. So, yeah, it's going well. Yeah, I've, uh, I mean, I punted against Salah. So far, so good. Yeah, I mean, the Fulham game still to go. On paper, that should be really easy, but I think um, it's not going to be. And the fact is, you've got your your equivalent, Bruno, isn't it? And he's already up by four points on Salah, and he's he got is. Brighton to play, which is a way not going to be an easy game. But as I, as I said to you last week or the week before, that XGI dam was going to burst sometime soon. Um, and I think this week could be it. He's already got that goal and max bonus, and there could be more to follow. Yeah, I mean, I think my moves were... So, I mean, <clears throat> this week I took out Botman, I took out Kane, and I took out Rico Henry as well. I'm bringing in Trent, Robbo, and Isaac to stick him on the bench, ready and waiting. But, um, so, yeah, Robbo, obviously, yeah, yesterday's game didn't really particularly help, but apart from that, it's been okay. It's been I've, I've survived so far, the, the non-free hit. Can we talk about how everyone owned Brighton's three best assets and they won 6-0 and none of them were involved? What do you mean? No I one think everyone so. had Mitoma, McAllister and Solly March and between them they got three points. Yeah. Um, and Solly March uh, started the game. I mean, we were very happy. You, should, we just, should we just start there? So. Well, did you say that um, all six goals were scored while Solly March was still on the pitch? Um, I think or at least five, five. I think five of six. Yeah, were so a goal solid. every eleven minutes, and he wasn't involved in one of them. He played fifty-five minutes, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so five of the six goals were were scored while he was on the pitch, and yes, as as mentioned, he wasn't involved in any of them. Um, which not guy, absolutely glorious. When I saw for me, it was really funny because obviously I got McAllister and Matoma, and then I saw they were both benched, and then I just saw FP on Twitter going into an absolute spiral of classic people going, ah, you dickheads, you know, you should have owned March because he's the best asset. Why didn't you own March? It's like, and then seeing March come off with a one-pointer, I was like, suck my balls. 
Um, chef's yeah, kiss. Chef's kiss. Not together, though. Not chef's kiss and <laughs> summer balls together. That would be a bit weird. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. Um, luckily, other people owned defensive assets. Um, obviously, Purvis, you stupid man, bringing in the points. But you didn't own him either, did you? No. Yeah, that was one of my other bottle transfers. So I um, went for March ahead of uh, a stupid man or Nciso, either one. Did Nciso get like eight points? I think he got two assists. He's an eight, yeah, eight points, yeah. Yeah, so could have had either eight or nine points instead I'm sat on a one-pointer. I think my only saving grace is that, no, I think Nciso will start winning against United, so it's not even a saving grace. So um, probably I don't know, potentially not. Potentially not, because you might, because Danny Welwick obviously played incredibly well and yeah, took his goals very well. With, well, I think Matoma and McAllister come back in for the United game. I think because they've already had two games in the past week, they've got this one, and then we all know how crazy their schedule is till the end of the season with another two double game weeks to come. So I think that was a tactical resting, given that they were playing Wolves. Um, but I think uh, we've seen the lineup go back to the strongest lineup, I'd say. So that's what I'm saying. So I think because Undav and Welbeck both started, I think Nciso was either playing a bit more of a 10 role or the wide left role with March on the right. Um, but with Matoma coming back in, I think Nciso might lose his place or he goes up and Undav drops out. But... Oh no, I think I think both instances, I think it will be Welbeck up top, McAllister sit behind and then it'll be uh, Pascal Gross and um, Sesedo comes back in with Matoma and March on the left and the right. Okay. Well, the point is I could have brought in Nciso and Nstupanen and instead I went for March. So... They did and still... Well, still, I'm happy with because clean sheet and he could add to that against United. Although I mean, it, I it wasn't too much damage so. if you went dunk or steal. I don't think because I mean, none of them. I mean, Stupinan didn't get any bonuses as well because obviously with the mm. amount of goals in that game, um, he was at like fourth on the bonus point system, so he didn't he didn't get there. I um, think it suits me for United to score a good few goals with Martial being involved um, and Steele just making loads of saves because I think lots of people. Either Brighton double defence or they've got a Stupinan. And so if um, he can blank and still get some points in, that would be good for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, if you're looking at obviously effective ownership as well, I'd much rather uh, Bruno Fernandes scores a hat trick mm. and Stupinan gets four assists or something, and, you know, something like that. Um, something quite likely. Obviously... Probably quite likely, but obviously we're in the middle of the game week at the moment, uh, recording on Monday night. Uh, there's still games to go, but obviously uh, Leicester Everton this evening, but we thought we'd rather record this because that game's going to be shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was um, the absolute ridiculousness of the 6-0, Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian were 4 up in the first 45 minutes, which was quite an impressive one. <laughs> and work our way back down through Saturday. Uh, Brentford had a big old comeback and 1-2-1 one, one, not in the forest. Controversial winner. I mean, he was onside, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know. Just wanted another nibble. I don't know, really. It's like it's one of those where I assume he's onside. Because I, well, I assume VAR like looked at it. That's what the line said. But I don't know if they drew it from the right place or not. I, th- I think that's what Steve Cooper was questioning. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you guess you, no one knows. So I can't really say anything. They gave it. So not the Forest fans can suck on it. I don't care. Um, a lot of people were a bit pissy because it, Ivan Tony got given it as a goal rather than a Kalon Navas own goal because it bounced off the post. Yeah, I did think. <clears that. throat> 
But basically, the reason why is because it bounced off the post, but it bounced off the post, but it's still going in. Yeah, no, so I like did kind it, of with the, why it was going. Yeah, continue, it was going to continue to go into the goal if no one did anything. So therefore, it counts as a Tony goal. So twenty goals for the season for Big Ivan now. Yeah, I did see that. That's pr- that's very not pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Add another five mil to his price tag. Good on, good on, Ivan. You get that price up, my friend. Um, but yeah, we performed well, but obviously there's not really any assets there for us to talk about. Um, <sighs> Palace West Ham. The only thing is, no one's going to buy Tony because he's about to get banned for a year. Yeah, probably in summer. That's fine. I'll keep him for a year. With him banned. Um, sorry. With him banned. Yeah, you can just coach people in the background. <laughs> you can coach Kevin Charlie to be the next 20, 20 goals striker in the Prem. Um, Palace West Ham was an absolutely nuts game. Um, Jordan AU, I don't know what's happened to him. All of a sudden, he started scoring goals. And the goal he scored on the weekend was an absolute banger as well. Yeah, as it was a pretty... I don't think many people went in on West Ham assets given that they doubled this week. Um, and their first was against Palace and their second was at City. But... Um, no, Well, this is what well, what I mean is more just that it was pretty kind of lots of people, as we said, free hit. I don't think you're going to be going in on Palace assets, um, given that they play once and then West Ham have two pretty tough fixtures. So it was a, as much as it was like quite a crazy game, it was also a bit kind of inconsequential because no one's really looking out for it. Do you want to hear a fun one, though, for the, uh, for the, for the older listeners? Yeah. Uh, podcast friend Mr. Rob who comes obviously relatively regularly and um, he's bench boosting this week and um, his bench boost consists of three single game week players one of them being Isaac who obviously scored uh, sorry got the assist um, and the other one's Kurt Zuma who came off injured after 30 minutes so he won't even be playing in the second uh, second game nice. 18 minutes sorry 18 minutes so so unlucky Rob well the thing is he would have been on Minus one, wouldn't he? Anyway, and then he's got City still to play. Oh so yeah, it's treachery. It's yeah, probably, probably good. Probably better. <laughs> the one pointer, one pointer, one pointer probably higher than what he's going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we always talk about Forest, um, who are more than likely now. Well, they're in a bit of trouble, but also in trouble is Leeds, and I mean, Mezzanay's absolute mess. Let's see what it there. Um, um, he was shocking. Yeah, I mean, he was actually quite good when he when Leeds first came up. Um, but yeah, he's been really shaky. I think after the Liverpool game, I know obviously we scored six, but I saw something like he's conceded from his past 11 shots on target, which was a bit Claudio, Claudio Bravo-esque. Um, but yeah, he was pretty solid for them, but seems to just be making mistake after mistake at the minute. Well, so, you've, so have you seen that in the month of April, uh, Leeds have now broken the record for the most goals conceded in one month by a team of twenty-two goals. Do you yeah. want to know whose record they? Do you want to know whose record they bit? They broke well, their own. Their own record, yes. <laughs> um, they broke their own record from last year, where I think they, I think they conceded twenty goals in a calendar month. So, yeah, nice. I mean, um, Swanky doing his continued thing. I think, <laughs> yeah, yep, two another goal for Swanky. Um, and obviously, we've always talked about Jefferson Lerma being unbelievable. The goat. Yeah, well, obviously, I think Bournemouth now are officially safe. Well, this is what's so funny. I know they've not played yet this week, but this is what's so funny is that Bournemouth 
and Wolves, who are both tipped for relegation, could finish above Chelsea this year. Yeah, they can. Well, I mean, both are now on the same points as Chelsea. Yeah. A way worse goal difference. I have played two games more, but obviously, with Chelsea having games in hand, it doesn't really mean anything because well, they're going to lose Chelsea's them. Games so games are difficult. Well, and, they, and it doesn't matter who they're playing because they're going to lose games in hand anyway because they, they literally can't do anything at the moment. Um, but yes, it's a bit of a Leeds look. It could be in trouble. I mean, they've got some tough games. I, I think they lose all four of the last games. So they've got Man City, Newcastle, West Ham and Spurs. Yeah. Um, they, they've been fighting hard, but yeah, they've got to play West Ham away. That's difficult. Spurs even as bad as they've been. Well, no, I reckon they could get a result out of Spurs on the final day. They might have, if Spurs have nothing to play for them potentially. I don't think Spurs do have anything to play for. Well, they still be, they'll still be fighting for Europe. Yeah, but they've had that for the past couple of months and they've been pretty bad. So yeah, but I think it's different, like a last day game, isn't it? It's always a bit different. I don't know. But the same with the same with Forest, to be honest. I mean, Forest have got. I think Forest are in a must win on Monday against Southampton. Must win. Um. Sorry, this is next Monday. Uh, then they got Chelsea, Arsenal, and Crystal Palace on the final day. I mean, they they could very well get a result out of Chelsea. Arsenal, yeah, I think that's there. a loss. Palace, Palace away is going to be a loss as well. But yeah, you're right. Southampton, they've absolutely got to get something out of that because given that they've lost two, their final two games of the season and potentially their um, third to last, then... They've got to get points on the board somehow. But now, obviously, tonight's game, Leicester-Everton will be... I mean, whoever wins that game is... Oh, that's Potentially, that's enough points to keep them up. No. I actually think it might be. Well, if Everton win it, they're only on 31. Well, sorry, um, no, sorry, yeah. I mean, as in, like... Um, sorry, more Leicester from Leicester's point of view. It's up as well, 32. Yeah, but... And, I mean, I know we've just said that that means... Like, Leeds and the Forest, we're looking... It's looking difficult for them to pick up points in their final games, but um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting actually. Leeds, uh, sorry, West Ham up have probably shored themselves of safety now, but yeah, not over till the fat lady sings. Yeah, well, West Ham have got basically they've got West Ham have got to play two of the bottom teams. Basically, they've still got to play Leeds at home and Leicester, so if they can pick up three points against one of those. Um, then they should be safe. They've also mm. got a lot more. They've got more games. Well, they've got five games left as well. So <clears throat> if they can pick up a draw, I mean, they've got Man City, Man United and Brentford. So I mean, if they pick up a point in any of those games as well, then uh, it's also, also could be potentially very helpful. They have looked better recently as well. I mean, yesterday went to absolute shit, but they have looked better. Um, yeah, Julian Alvarez scored an absolute banger uh, against Fulham. Um, but Fulham should have maybe potentially had a penalty. Um, what do you think, mate? Who was the penalty on? Oh, for God. Uh, pass. Because I don't um, think I saw that in the highlights. But, um, yeah. I mean, Haaland, shout, well, not shout out, but equaling the record for most goals in a, in a season. And he's still got five or six to go. Five? Yeah, I think he's got one, he's got to get one no, more goal. He's got goal. six games to play. Has he got to get one more goal to equal? Sure, and... No, he's equalled it with the penalties on 34 right, now. Okay. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So he broke. So Salah is the most in a thirty-eight game season, and Shearer and Cole is forty-two he? or forty-four. That's nuts, isn't um, it? So he's matched them when they played, and well, I mean, he's only played thirty-two games, and they played forty-two or forty-four. Um, and yeah, he's got six games still to go. Mm. So yeah, could looking like it could be well over forty goals this year. Mad, absolutely mad. Not it, not it, not it. Um, yeah, so I mean, but full match looked pretty good. I think they came into it a bit, a bit more than I was expecting them to. Um, obviously, after City scored early, I thought this could could be a bit of a demolition job. But no, Silver's got them playing well this year. Um, they've been a, a tough nut to crack, which is why I'm not uber confident about the uh, the re- not the reverse fixture, but the fixture we've got in the second half of this double game week against them. I mean, there's um, still a small club again compared to Brentford, but yeah, sure. Well, I mean, they're the second biggest club in West London. Um, yeah, Chelsea being third, obviously. Obviously. Um, Newcastle, uh, sorry, Man United, obviously Bruno Fernandes pulling strings as per, per normal, but actually getting some returns this week. Beautiful. It's a really good goal, actually. Um, Rash obviously shot against keeper, and but just like pure determination to get that the second ball. Um did nowhere near I mean watching the highlights I was like, I don't really still don't understand how he gets ahead of I think it's Moreno. But um he looked really good. Could have had an assist um as well. Rashford uh, puts puts Rashford through Rashford doesn't doesn't quite get the finish off. Could have been a monster for, for Bruno and so I'm looking forward to the game against Brighton actually because I think Brighton have been good defensively but more so against obviously Wolves who really didn't put much of a fight and um I think they have been leaking a few sort of more recently. I mean, a stupid man's not been getting any clean sheets while I've played them recently. So, mm. yeah, I was I was very surprised that uh, United kept Villa out. I mean, Villa did have chances, but um, yeah, they've been very um, free flowing recently. Villa um, scoring lots of goals, so I expected even though they're away, and I mean especially where Watkins has a really good away record, so. As much as I'm glad he didn't cause me any pain this week, I expected him to cause United some. So, um, yeah, Toon managing to get the win in the end, but surprisingly going one 0 down. Um, yeah, Trevor yeah. continued the uh, the theme of being basically baby shark, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Wilson with another brace. Um, the guys in absolute flames at the minute. Isaac, did he get just the assist and some bonus assist, but got two bonus as well. So nice. which is um. Yeah, a little bit frustrating as someone who benched him this week, but obviously, it, which made sense. Um, putting a lovely ball for Anthony Gordon, actually. Anthony Gordon should have put it away. It's the mm, smart side of the post. Um, but no, but interestingly, on something to note, it's the first game um, since he's been playing again properly that he's, he's gone into a game and actually produced an XG of zero. So I didn't have a what, single... Anthony Gordon? No, uh, Alexander Isaac. Oh, really? Don't care about Anthony Gordon, Christ. Well, that's what I was little, 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 little ginger fella from Everton. <laughs> I was going to say Claire Balding, but yeah. <laughs> Claire Balding. Uh, yeah, no, but, but had an XG of zero. Played for 90 minutes as well, didn't have a single shot. No. Which was interesting, so, um, but, but did play well, so. Um, and the final game so far of, uh, of this week was the absolute madness um, that can be described as Oh, I mean, the first thing, I really, really wanted Richarlison to be offside when they scored oh, that goal too. because he's taken his shirt off to, in on two other, three occasions now when he scored his, in inverted commas, <laughs> first goal for uh, Spurs and he'd been offside two times previously. 
Um, so he's picked up two. Yellow, he's picked up two yellow cards, which obviously until yesterday was two more times than he'd scored goals for um, Spurs. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what an absolute Lucas Moura bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, he's been a good servant for the club, but I think a lot of fans are quite glad that he's going to be leaving. As I said on the chat, is he the other in the contract, day, is he? Or, uh... Yeah, he's leaving in the summer. Um, as I said on the chat, he's. I mean, the way they pitched it on Sky was that he, his last trip to Merseyside, he got sent off, and now he's just given away the winning goal. But yeah, in his put, so he got sent off, served his two, three game ban, and then came back as a sub appearance against Liverpool and gives away the winning goal. Um, so I think the, perf- the perfect way to sum up Spurs this year is, and and it's me and Cam have a really good friend who's a Spurs fan, and yesterday was arguing with me, and and his his final argument was that. Yeah, but Spurs are above Brentford in the table, mate. And it's like, wait, well, you're comparing Spurs to Brentford. Like, that's the level you've dropped to. Like, you were, <laughs> you were, you were one of the big six, and now you're comparing yourself to a team which has been in the Premier League for two seasons, has a stadium capacity of eighteen thousand people. I mean, it really needs to start looking at it from a different point of view because uh, I might even clip this and send it to him just so I can really uh, <laughs> rub it in his face because uh, he was he probably lost his head yesterday, didn't he? So. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand it. They're, oh, sorry, and this was a... this was before the game as well. This wasn't even like after the game where <laughs> I can imagine being a bit salty. He was pre-salted. He was pre-salted. Yeah, yeah, mental game. I I'm not sure. We talked. Tom and I played around the golf this morning, so we were talking about all of this weekend's antics. So we might actually have used up all our material for the pod on the course this morning. But um, the the Jota potential sending off. Um, Sadio Mane got sent off, I think it was 2017, against City for a really... I mean, on that occasion, he jumped and kicked Edison in the face, um, which was slightly different. And he didn't get the ball. Whereas on this occasion, Jota is going to, you know, nick the ball away, kicks it, but skips kind of momentum trying to head the ball, takes him into his boot, which, yeah, it was, it was a dangerous challenge, no doubt. But I think... um in the context of Skip made a challenge in the first half on Diaz where he got the ball, but his follow-through took him on to Diaz's lower shin slash ankle, um, which itself was a dangerous challenge, but that only saw a yellow card. So, And on that occasion, I wasn't particularly calling for a red. I, I could see that, you know, obviously it wasn't great, but there wasn't any intent and it was just kind of his follow-through. But yeah, I think I can see where the salt comes from when the guy that, could have been sent off 10 minutes or 15 minutes before scores the winning goal. Um, I think it's one of those the, like... the poetic um, sort of, or yeah, the poetic nature of the, the scenario wasn't that the boot that kicked Skip in the head scored the goal. It was his left foot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those where like, if he got sent off, 50% of people would be moaning that he well, got exactly. sent off. And if he didn't get sent off, 50% of people would exactly. moan that yeah. he, he did get sent off. It's, it's it was a few, like one of those where you know there's always going to be arguments about whether that's a foul or not a foul. Yeah. Or, I mean, what is a foul, but how like, the extremities of that foul. But... They were talking about it on Sky yesterday and saying that the referee or the VAR and the referee had a not a shocker, but you know just made a bad call there. And I was like, yeah, but as you said, fifty percent of other people would have said no, that that's the right decision. Um, and that's the thing is that it's not that they missed it; they just thought. Yeah, that challenge isn't worthy of a red card. So it's just someone's opinion, basically. But um, at yeah. the end of the day, we don't care. <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just classic Liverpool, isn't it? Like swashbuckling stuff. And now we've got players back fit and in form, scoring goals. And then we just, defensively, we're just so terrible. Like, not only mistakes, but just our organisation. Um, just at six and sevens all the time. Um, and Trent, I just, it's on. it honestly looks like he doesn't care. Like, there's times where, some you know there's times where he doesn't see things and you're like come on you you you've got to be aware of that but there's times where i've seen him look at a player you know how like um gakpo ran off dyer for the second goal like dyer kind of looked over his shoulder saw him there but just decided oh that's fine um trent did that a couple times both with son and perisic just watched them run into the space behind him and then kind of sauntered off after them and i was just like are you, I know we're not fighting for the title this year, but like, surely you got to have more passion, more desire. Um, yeah, it's just really, really bad defending. And he was out of position for the first goal. And I don't know what Robbo did going across to Perisic, just leaving Kane free at the back. That was but, so poor. Um, and then, yeah, both Canate and Robert, uh, Trent were asleep for Son's goal. Um, yeah, the only positive from your defending, I guess, on the weekend was the fact that we managed to get that beautiful picture of Virgil van Dijk slipping over that we can now use for millions. Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that as well. Like, as I said to you on the chat, like two years ago, van Dijk would have absolutely stormed across, either kicked it into Rose Ed or passed it back to Alisson and just, you know, Rolls Royce sort of, whereas he struggled to get out there. And then when he did, he he fell flat on his ass. So yeah, he's certainly not the same player that he was a couple of seasons ago. Um, And I think everyone needs the, the season to come to an end and enjoy the summer break and go again next year. But yeah, yeah. Well, obviously midway through game week, week thirty four at the moment, still um, five games left to go. Uh, but obviously that's not what this week this week's pod's about. It's all about game week thirty five and what we'll be doing next week. So we'll move on to our next segment, which is snog marry avoid. If you haven't listened to us before, a snog is a short term pick, a marry is a long term pick, and an avoid is someone we don't want anyone near our team. Would you like to kick us off, sir? Yeah, so my snog um, doesn't have any double game weeks for the rest of the season, um, but has quite a good run of favourable fixtures, having just gone through a tough run um, and still managed to score in pretty much every game. Uh, so my punt, or not my pit, punt, well, it is a punt, Harry Kane. Um, as I said, they do have good fixtures at the end of the season, but I think the two coming up... Um, Palace at home and then Villa away. Obviously, both teams are kind of in a resurgence of form and playing quite well. But Palace have shown with their 4-3 against uh, West Ham then that they're not watertight and goals are to be had. Um, but And then you couple that with Kane's excellent record against them. I don't have the exact numbers, but you know, just from memory. Um, I know, what was, was Bale here two years ago playing for Spurs? He scored that brace um final one he whipped into the top corner um but yeah he's got a lot of career goals against palace um and i think a similar re- a story with villa so uh he is expensive and we, you know we're moving into 36 and 37 where there's going to be doublers for example isaac wilson um harland so you know you might take up all your striker spots with those three um but if you can well, like what I've done this week, I was tempted to keep some single game week players in just because they had nice fixtures. So your Tonys, for example. Um, but 
yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Of course, like you want to pile in on doublers because there's a you know an extra chance for them to score points in the same week. But I think Kane, even though he only plays once per game week for the rest of the season, has a real case um, to be to be retained, um, and certainly for the next two weeks. Um, I realised that I spoke about him a few weeks ago, or at the very least disagreed with um, James when he said to avoid him. But uh, yeah, I think he's proven with his returns in the past few weeks how how uh, well clinical and yeah how much of a threat he is. So Man can score against anyone, can't he? Well, exactly. He didn't score against United, but picked up two assists. I still don't understand the rebound assist because. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever will. Just because I'm pretty sure that when I was complaining about it one time, you said, "Oh, well, so and so took a touch before they they scored." And um, with Kane's first assist against uh, Man United, he had a shot that rebounded to Porro, who took a touch and then shot and scored. You can take a touch. I mean, still an assist, isn't it? This, but this is what I'm confused. I'm sure that you said before that they couldn't, and for whatever so. reason, it didn't count. And then this time it did. But anywho, prior to that, he scored in. Well, he scored in one, two, three, four, five of the past eight games, uh, seven games even. No, he scored six of the past eight. So yeah, the guy's on absolute fire. Um, and yeah, we all know how good of his link-up players, um, especially for the second assist for Son against uh, United, his trademark to the back post for Son to tap it in. Um, yeah, Kane, okay. snog. Yeah, I'm going to go on everyone's probable bandwagon this week, and I'm going to go with Julian Alvarez. Um, obviously, with a million pounds, a lot of people were talking about, uh, you know, strikers to pick this week, and everyone was sort of a bit short of ideas. Um, <clears throat> I think it all relies on whether Kevin De Bruyne's fitness is back, because obviously, between um, now and obviously Real Madrid in uh, just after the Leeds game, uh, obviously, Man City Cup against Leeds. You'd we'd all imagine it's going to be an absolute demolition, isn't it? I mean, the way they, I mean, well, as we've just mentioned earlier in the pod, conceded 22 goals in the last calendar month. Um, they've been absolutely shocking defensively. I mean, Harlan um, could break the 40 goal mark just against Leeds, <laughs> he could break the 40 goal mark in that one game, to be honest. Um, well, that's the in, thing, he'll get to five and then Pep will sub him because he's a bastard and doesn't want him to get a double hat trick. To be fair, he'll probably have five goals within the first ten minutes against this lead side at the moment. Yeah, and then Pebble They've absolutely yeah, Pebble Sub yeah, Pebble Sub after twenty minutes. Um they've absolutely stunk the gaff up recently. Um and Melly Melly has obviously been absolutely um, just as stinky. Um I think he's a really good pun if we don't see De Bruyne back and we don't hear any news back about De Bruyne um for this next game in the game week. I've not heard anything in particular recently. <laughs> Um, obviously, other people might hear something as they listen to this. It might be that we've already come out and um, Pep's come out and said, you know, he's fit, but it's Pep, so he definitely won't. Um, but obviously, because we get the news of seeing the West Ham game, if we see, you know, you know Kevin De Bruyne in the squad again, I think it's a really good punch just for one week. Um, you can get him in before the Real Madrid game. He's going to be one of those players that I think he's actually relatively easy to bench in certain weeks when you're not sure if you're not sure he's going to start because there's lots of really good. Fixtures coming up that you're not going to be too annoyed if you do bench him, as long as you get to the point, as long as you can go, I'm going to bench him. And if he does come off the bench and score two goals, well, you know, you've made the correct decision. He has a really, really good goals per minute record this year, um, has come off the bench a lot of times and scored in games. And when he has played four 90 minute games, I think he scored in pretty much every game he started 
apart from two this season, which is, I mean, a crazy, crazy stat. Aguero sort um, of levels, isn't it? Yeah, it's the fact that, in my personal opinion, I think that he starts for every single Premier League side, and the fact he doesn't start for this Man City side is actually insane. Yeah, because it's a 34 goal. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, there's an absolute meat shield sat in front of him. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think he's a really good punt. He, you're gonna have to, you're gonna live with the bench and if you do own him. But to be honest, if you're playing Pep Brulette, you're living with the bench. You're living with it every single time you play it. So um, I think he's one of those players you can get in. You know he's gonna get benched sometimes. You know he might come on for a ten minute cameo. But there's also potential that he does come on. He does bang a goal because he, I mean, the goal he took yesterday was unbelievable and he's looked really good. So yeah, my punt this week is Julian Alvarez. Yeah, I think especially if De Bruyne is not fit um, or, you know, he's on his way back to fitness. But, um, yeah, as you say, they've got the Real Madrid game after, which is obviously a priority, particularly, um, you know, if they're only playing Leeds on the Saturday or Sunday and then they've got Madrid on Tuesday, Wednesday, then it makes sense to just rest De Bruyne for the midweek game. So in that case, I think Alvarez... Yeah, should get some minutes. Um, yeah, don't hate it. Um, my marry is Diego Dallo. Um, so I wasn't actually contemplating bringing him in this week because he was slightly too expensive for me. And as I said, I was certain that they were going to concede against Villa and then definitely against uh, Brighton. But they didn't. He picked up Max Bonus again, which... Um, if he plays, he quite often does pick up bonus um, because he's so involved attacking-wise. Um, he's started the last three and played the full 90. Um, I think with their defensive, or sorry, their centre-back issues at the minute, um, provided Maguire continues to be as shaky slash as injured as he is at the minute, then Shaw's going to play centre-back. Um, and even if he doesn't, Dallo has the potential to play either left or right back. Um, so Wan-Bissaka has obviously come back into favour of late. Um, so he could shift over to left back with short centre back. I know Malassi is kind of in the mixing pot as well. But um, and he started the last game, but prior to that, he'd been kind of in and out. So I think Ten Hag quite likes Dallo. As I say, he is a threat going forwards. Um, and can play both sides. So I think he likes him for that reason. Um, and yeah, their fixtures are pretty good to the end of the season. So obviously we're missing the Brighton away next, but they've got West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Fulham. Um, so I think their two toughest games in there are Fulham and West Ham. Um, but there's still potential for them to keep a clean sheet as they've just shown against uh, Villa. So... Yeah, Dallo is my marry. He's quite cheap, 4.7. I know Tom mentioned when we were talking about this, Lindelof is way, way cheaper at 4.1 and is guaranteed to start because all of their centre-backs are injured. Um, But I think, yeah, Dallo for that extra 0.6 isn't really a concern for people price-wise and has that extra attacking potential and bonus potential. So he is my marry. No, I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> I thought about it more and more. I just don't like it. I just don't. I think it's just too risky when you can go with Lindelof at 4.1 and you know he's going to start every game, or you go Shaw for 5.1 and you know he's going to start every game. And if they do get a centre back fit, he just moves back to left back. And if he moves back to left back, then 
Dilo potentially is out of the team again. No, but this is the thing. I think he, yeah, Wan-Bissaka kind of has been, but I think Dallow offers more going forwards. He's not as, so they both have different attributes. Obviously, Wan-Bissaka is so solid defensively in one-on-one situations with wingers. Um, but I think he does have a gaff in him um, defensively, like he can make a mistake. Um, and going forwards, he's even more awkward. Like he's had a, I thought I, th- I think I saw a stat. Maybe it was the scout recommending him in one of their selections for a game week. But he'd had like one of the most sort of shots in the past three or four games of any defender, um, or he certainly was up there. But like when you actually watch the highlights and see some of the chances that he had, he was just there was no way in hell he was ever going to score any of them. Um, and he can't cross a ball to save his life, which is kind of why he got taken out of the team anyway. Um, whereas Dallo is a lot more cultured um, and has better technique about him. So um, I think, you know, there is, you're right, there is the potential. As I say, wan has come back into the squad of late, but I think uh, Dallo's preferred. So, uh, but I, I can't see, I can't see the argument for sure, because as I've just I said... Just don't think, I don't think he is. Because I think, I think, my, I think they'll, they'll change minutes, and I think Harry Maguire will come in at some point in some of these games. Sure, we'll move to left back because he's not getting dropped. Well, as I say, I can see the argument. I can see the argument for sure, and certainly for Lindelof because they're both guaranteed starters. Um, and as I said, price isn't really a concern. So four point seven to five point one isn't really much of a jump either. Um, most people will have that in the bank. So, um, yeah. But I think, and I think the other thing is about this segment is that Shaw's the obvious pick. So we're trying to. Give some alternative no. options. So then getting Victor, getting that beautiful Swedish man. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I mean, I, st- I don't really like the Man United defence generally. To be honest, I think I said that last week. Like you said, I mean, like they've just got the ability to concede as well, haven't they? So I will be getting one because I mean the double's really good, but I also don't like the fact I'm getting one. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, they double in thirty-seven. So yeah, Fun right. Well, from- Run one incredibly rogue pick to an incredibly other rogue pick. Um, <clears throat> I'm going with, um, and well, I mean, give him his falling because he deserves it. Uh, Joel Linton, Casio, Alpolinario, Delira, otherwise known as Goal Linton. Um, the goat. The goat. I mean, he has been absolutely incredible. Um, I've already sort of put myself in the position that I'm going to do it because I've already sold Botman to make room for him. And I think, in my opinion, the move to take out a Newcastle defender in the coming game if you own two is the correct move. They've not kept a clean sheet now in Christ. They haven't kept a clean sheet. They've kept they've kept one clean sheet in oh, bloody hell, it's actually game ridiculous. Twenty nine against Man United. Twenty nine was the only game week and then all the way back to game week twenty one against Palace. So in thirteen game weeks they only kept one clean sheet. Um, saying that, I mean, from an attacking point of view, Kieran Trippier should have had an assist uh, this week. I mean, the fact how they missed that chance is crazy, um, which I believe is to Fabian Shah. And uh, obviously, Botman did get an assist this week. However, I don't think that people were picking double Newcastle defenders for their attacking returns. Everyone and Trippier for those attacking returns, which have dried up recently. Um, but people aren't choosing the second Newcastle defender for the attacking returns. Fabian Shah, I guess, has been very good, but. You're having it for the clean sheets, which they're just not getting anymore. And I think for me, I was easy an easy move for me to get rid of Botman this week instead of Mings. 
Um, and, and obviously I took out Henry as well, but it was a mix between those three. And I thought it was a perfect time to get rid of him and then look into game week uh, 36 when they double, which I think is relatively good. It's not bad. Obviously, got Arsenal next game, which is pretty tough, but they're at home, which I think is a tough game for Arsenal, tough game for Newcastle. Um, Leeds and Brighton in double game week in 36, Leicester in 37, and then finish the season with an easy three points against Chelsea. Um, so I'm probably going to take the punt and go with Joel Linton in 36. Um, we obviously also discussed about potentially going Isaac and Wilson in 36, um, which I think, again, is really quite an easy pick. The nice thing about Joel Linton is his minutes are more secure. And so it's one of those... Where obviously, and obviously we saw Callum Wilson come off the bench and score two goals. But I don't know whether I want to just go with a rogue pick. I already own Isaac, I already own Trippier. They're the boring ones. And when I go rogue, do I want to go with someone like Golinton? Um, and this is where you, I think people are sort of not seeing it. Recent points tallies, one point against Southampton, nine points against Everton, 12 points against Spurs, one point against Villa, sorry, two points against Villa, seven points against Brentford, 13 points against West Ham. And that's, I mean, and then he sort of dropped out in and out of the team recently, but since game week 29, has played 90 minutes every game, apart from the Villa game where he only played 79. So, and, and to honest, when I watch him, has looked really good and really far forward as well. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, the only thing is I would wonder who you're bringing him in for. Um, because I think there's a such fierce competition for midfield midfield spots. I know obviously you've you've got this in mind, the th- double in thirty six in mind. So, um, so my current thoughts on that would be <clears throat> if McAllister does drop back to CDM in the next couple of games, probably goal into for McAllister to allow me some rotation uh, to get in someone like Solly Mount because I think I think Brighton's game week thirty six double is awful. Um. It's it's Arsenal and Newcastle, both away. Um, I just don't really like it that much. A, new, a defender's easy to get to. I can take out Tony and bring in t- Double Wilson and Isaac. Um, I'm not sure at the moment, it, it, but I really like the idea of going with him because he's just looked really good. Yeah, no, as, as I say, on paper... Um... And you get to save own goal Linton. <laughs> on and paper. You get to save, sorry, you get to save own goal Linton when he scored a double hat-trick against Leeds. <laughs> He does have the um, kind of um, goal returns recently to back it up. Um, and as you say, Eddie Howe loves him. Toon fans love him because he, for some reason, having been a number nine, is an unbelievable centre mid, box-to-box midfielder. Um, so, yeah, uh, he, he's definitely a threat. But as I say, I just wonder, people are going to own Rashford because he's got double people and own at least one Brighton midfielder. Um even with their stinky double in 36. Um, and then people will be either have Salah or Bruno or KDB, one of those three. Um, so you're only kind of left with a couple spots and yeah, there's still other players who kind of vie for those. So yeah, I don't hate it as a shout. Um, if you're brave enough and you've got um, money slash spaces spare, then definitely go for him. Um, but I just wonder if your average punter, there's going to be enough money in the bank slash spaces, but yeah, he's undeniably the GOAT, so that's fine. Um, my avoid is Tyron Mings. Um, basically, I think the ship has sailed on 
Villa's defensive solidity and also his goal involvements. I mean, I say his goal involvements. He scored one against Fulham and uh, got an assist against Bournemouth and combined those both with clean sheets and bonus points to get bumper scores. But their their run of games to the end of the season is, if not... Well, I think it is tough because they play both Liverpool and Brighton. Um, and then they're away at Wolves, which isn't an easy game. Um, Wolves have claimed a few scalps at home this season. And then they play Spurs. And as I mentioned in my uh, snog, that involves playing against Harry Kane, who I think will score. So um, I basically don't see them keeping a clean sheet to the end of the season. Not to say that's not possible because they have kept them against good teams this year, like Newcastle. Um, but um, yeah, he's not prolific um, attack attacking-wise. Um, I think that was his first goal in like two years, three years, something like that. Um, and yeah, he's he's obviously a centre-back, so assists aren't his forte either. So I think, yeah, he's obviously been great to own for people like Tom and Josh for the past five, six, seven game weeks. Um, but I think that run's come to an end now. So I would avoid Tyrone Mings. And the reason I pick him out is because he's already been transferred in by 23,000 people and is the fifth most transferred in player. Um, so really? it just, yeah, yeah, that's why I kind of was so kind of, yeah, on it. That's weird. I mean, weird. So weirdly, he's been transferred in, but people have transferred out Watkins, who is arguably their biggest points threat um, for Villa. And I know that's probably for the likes of Isaac and, Isaac and Wilson, but um, I'd have thought more people would have held on to Watkins than they've held on to Mings. Let Why have people him. bought in Mings? I don't understand that one. You tell me, bro, but I am led by the data. I wish I could, but I feel like they're all just idiots. <laughs> um, yeah, no, completely agree with you. I own him. Um, I'll be owning him this week against Wolves. And then to be honest, I'll be benching him for the last three games of the season. Super cheap. But, yeah, um, well, that's the thing, especially because you brought him in at like 4.4. So, um, it, even though he's up that, to, I think, yeah. so even though he's up to like 4.7, maybe even goes up to 4.8, it's hardly like you've bought him for that. And he's just... Yeah, I bought, bought him at 4.3. So, I mean, he's he's basically fodder for the price anyway. So, he's Good. bench. Good fodder. Um, yeah, uh, along the same lines. Someone else has been bought in, which I think is ridiculous, is Pascal Gross. Um, what an absolute gross pick that is. Here all week. I'm here all week. I'm not actually, just for about another 10, 15 minutes. Um, why people are bringing in a centre defensive midfielder slash right back um, this week, I have absolutely no idea. Obviously, no mention right back as well. Undeniably, excellent player. Um, why don't understand is why you bring him in. Obviously, got two goals most recently, um, against Wolves, but it's he's not a big goal scorer. He's not someone that goes out and scores got buckets of goals. Um, and at the end of the day, there's three Brighton players that you can fight over who are way, way better. Well, that's what I was going to say, is if you are going to bring in a Brighton midfielder, surely you either already own Matoma and March, or you'd be bringing one of those two in ahead of him because they're just well, better. I- Ironically, though, I will say he's currently the second highest scoring midfielder for Brighton. What, across the season? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Matoma, he started playing sort of later in the season. Um, And McAllister was obviously out for a few little bits during World Cup and stuff like that. um, And I think started more of the season at CDM rather than uh, with with Gross. Um, So, yeah, obviously Gross was playing right back, I think, at the start of the season. So, yeah, I mean, he's a very versatile player, but... He's not someone on my team anywhere, anywhere near my team because there's so many bad picks. Um, 
I mean, you, you literally, you got your steals, your dunks, your, your stupid nans, marches, Matomas, McAllisters, Danny Welbeck, Evan Ferguson when he comes back, and Sisso's just sort of popped up and sort of, you know, become a potential choice. So lots of choices. I don't think it is time to get in Pascal Gross. Agreed. Good, sir. Um, so what are you going to do this week? Um, I'm definitely bringing in a City defender. Mm. Uh, for Ben Mee because um, City uh, sorry, well City have good fixtures Brighton, Brentford don't particularly um, for defensive anyway Um, so I would like to bring in Stones because he is cheaper Uh, I think he's got a better goal slash assist threat but he also has a bigger rotation threat Um, not just because um, Pep's a prick but because they do have the um, both the FA Cup and the Champions League still to go for um, and he is one of the very few players in their squad that can play the inverted fullback role so as we've just said about KDB for Leeds he might well be rested or Stones might be rested for Leeds to be able to feature against Real Madrid um, so with that in mind they're sl- well they do have good options defensively but Ruben Dij has been able to nail down a space for the past however long since he's been fit and play pretty much 90 minutes every week. So he is more expensive, which stretches my budget a bit more, but I think I'll bring him in. And then I'm contemplating whether to take a hit um, to bring in Isaac, probably. Uh, well, no, not actually, this week. No, not this Wilson, week. Wilson might be my hit, um, but that's not confirmed yet. Um, this week? Just more like to set my set my team up for going forwards. Okay. Um, just because I, I mean, I've I've done a draft uh, transfers that I want to make between now and the end of the season. Obviously, that's subject to change and not necessarily going to stick to it because obviously there's injuries, etc. People dropping in and out of form. But um, yeah, it's just kind of I yeah they do have Arsenal, but I'm confident of Newcastle picking up a win at the very least a score draw. So um, I think. Owning one of their strikers is a good idea. But the armband is definitely going to be on Haaland with Leeds at home. Yeah, oh yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> I am also tempted to bring in a City defender. But I want to see, I want to leave myself open to be able to bring in Alvarez. Well, this is the thing that I still would be because uh, that would only be two players. Um, and I did kind of want to get to De Bruyne slash Grealish, but Grealish hasn't been as prolific recently, and De Bruyne is obviously a rotation risk if he's not injured. So um, that does leave Alvarez free to come in for Tony. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still debating what to do this week. Potentially, I might go yeah, Ruben Dij. I think we'll see. Um, I'm going to wait to see what happens. Obviously, with the midweek game, their next game against who's they got? What uh, city they've got? West this Ham week. at home. Oh, West Ham this week. Yeah, okay, fine. So. I'll see who plays against West Ham and then probably bring in someone who hasn't played, like Ruben Dij or John Stones or whoever really, whoever doesn't play. Um, could bring in Edison, but I just don't really like it. Yeah, I mean, as much as I say that I want to bring in a City defender, they've not been particularly... They've conceded every week since 27 against Palace, so um, they've not been particularly watertight either. Um 
So yeah, as much as I say I want to bring in Stones, he's not that. Yeah, because I'll be taking Robertson out for whoever comes in this week. Because obviously Brentford going to score against me. Oh, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't even say that sarcastically. You probably will. Well, we're going to the game, so I hope so. <laughs> we're going to the game, so I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. Can't wait till we win 3 0. Oh dear, don't say that, Tom. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Am Sadly. I right? Sadly, that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, as mentioned earlier, we've been out on a golf course all day together, so Charles is way more time than we spent ever on a weekend together. So I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing his stupid face. He's sick and tired of seeing my stupid face. Apart from um, when we go on holidays together. <laughs> <laughs> be bloody non-stop. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can come and follow us on Twitter. FPL by Dummies is the main channel. FPL Dummy Cam over there. FPLW Tom is here. Um, and you can yeah, follow our musings on Twitter and bits and pieces. Um, and you can join us next week. We'll be back in next week after Liverpool have absolutely dismantled the shit show. That is Liverpool at the moment. So After Liverpool have <laughs> dismantled the shit show that is Liverpool. I mean, I, I love to ruin it then, don't I? So. <laughs> Yeah, I thought not? you were about to just say Brentford were going to get dismantled and then no. you look so smug at the end as if you just like served the coldest par at me and I was like... Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm an idiot, so... <laughs> just waffling. Yeah, you know, well, apparently Liverpool are going to dismantle Brentford, one or two. Um, Liverpool yeah. going to dismantle Liverpool, apparently. You can you can tell it's late in the day for me, so... <laughs> um, yeah, thanks very much for listening and we'll be back again next week. Bye.